0: Is this is Joy and this is Claire. This is episode 181. This week on the show we have Adi Casu. You may not recognize her last name because she just got married. <laughs> Hi, Adi! <Yay>. <laughs> Formerly Adi Zucker, which I remember being like, "I'm so sad it's not Zucker because I was all trying to be fancy." Um, <laughs> but you got married. When was it? Recently.
1: August 25th. Congratulations. Thank you.
0: (laughs) It looked like it was a beautiful, like, kind of quiet, you slipped away and just got hitched situation. Yeah.
1: Anyone who knows us was, like, totally not surprised that we did it that way. They were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, congratulations so adi for those of you listeners who do not know adi adi is the owner ceo founder of working against gravity and we had her on the show about a year ago i want to say and we want to dive into a little bit of a different conversation around macro counting um, and just health and wellness in general we feel like it's something that's really in the forefront of everyone's minds these days. And so Claire and I really wanted to have a different conversation with D because A, we love a D. She's a very smart woman. She's a very smart businesswoman. And I just feel like this is something that we can all benefit from going a little bit deeper. So Claire, I'll let you kind of start with what we wanted to talk about.
2: Well, and if you guys want to go back and listen to the first episode with D, it was episode 131, which yeah, was January 7th of this year. So it has been almost a year. You know, mm-hmm. just a few things have happened in everybody's lives since yeah. then. Yeah, just a few. (laughs) um so you know we as everyone you know who's listening to this will test have talked about macros i have to imagine it's been in at least half of our episodes this year it's been a big part of our lives and however i feel like we've gotten to the point where we've kind of said all there is to say about the physical act of counting macros about tracking about the day-to-day you know kind of logistics of what that looks like and the bigger picture that we are both really starting to you know work on and that have has really is what has changed us in the last year is that when you start putting a lot of time and effort into your diet and start really dialing that in, it can bring up a lot of other things in your life and really can force you to focus on what was keeping you, what's keeping you from developing self care. What is holding you back from reaching your goals and, you know, in in a much larger picture type of way and how does, you know, really putting all that time and effort into your diet and into how you look and into how you perform, how does that, add into or you know how does that relate to just larger personal growth and personal development and how can you nurture personal development and how can those you know how can that kind of become a two-way street and we know adi just from following you on social and hearing some of your other interviews that personal development is a huge a huge theme in your life and something that you really invest in and so we kind of wanted to focus more on that and focus more on mining the the treasure trove that is your mind in terms of helping people and helping yourself to really embody that growth all right Okay, cool.
0: (laughs) I love
2: it. I guess the the first kind of question that we would have is...
0: Well, I kind of want to jump in if I can interrupt too, is that the reason that we started this as well is... I kind of had an aha moment a few months ago where I realized that so much of my feelings and emotions around just doing macro counting was I was projecting that onto working against gravity and just projecting it onto anyone really. It was like instead of me taking accountability, and that's where I was like, any I I don't want to say it was like horribly negative, but I just felt like there were times when I was like, oh I don't I don't know what this is about, and I was really struggling. And it was I think it was because I didn't take into account all the emotions that do come up when you start something like this, and I. I think that's something that we really wanted to talk more about today as opposed to, did you hit your macros today? And how do you do that? Right. Cause I think everyone knows that, but, I don't think we really can talk more. I don't think we talk enough about that emotional piece. And so I know Adi and I share a lot of the same visions and ideas around like personal growth and development. So I feel like I just, I wanted to start there.
1: Right. Perfect. That's like, it's so true The counting of the macros and the actual like weighing and measuring of your food and tracking the data is that you can do that on your own, read a book and... It's all, that's all free information that's out there. It's not even how you make the best type of sustainable change long-term. It's, that's not my goal. I mean, I I think you can get that from pretty much anywhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the other piece too is people, um, how do you feel like social media influences a lot of people's emotions around this too? Because you're removed, right? You're doing this remotely. We're not sitting across face-to-face. Um, looking at each other, hearing, and you know, I'm sure some people kind of maybe have programs too that do video conferencing or what have you. But my guess too, is people don't realize that they're looking at a fake world when they're seeing photos and they're basing that they're comparing themselves to other people too.
1: Yeah, I think social media is amazing and terrible all at the same time. It is, I mean, the ways that it can be a slippery slope is definitely in that comparison aspect. I mean, you're only getting part of the story. So if someone it's 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 kind of dangerous like someone can post and say oh my god like I've been tracking my macros for 16 weeks and I haven't seen any results and somebody who's on week 3 and is struggling can read that and be like oh my gosh like I'm never going to succeed if that person's not succeeding but they're not getting the whole picture like they're not seeing what's going on behind the scenes like what is that person's body composition like what is their consistency like what is their lifestyle like what's their stress levels like what is their history of diet like there's no other information there like you're only getting part so you now have the opportunity to make all of these assumptions about that person in their situation and people naturally just want to compare it to themselves and it gives people like an out like oh they're not yeah. seeing progress like that's why I'm not seeing progress or like I'm definitely not gonna see progress and it's just like a, this crazy like it can escalate really fast
0: so how have you had to evolve your approach with the business to you know and you might want to back up to if listeners are not aren't familiar with your program just giving like a brief synopsis um, but I, I've heard you speak on a different show too that what you're doing is not insane rocket science like you're you're mm-hmm. teaching people something pretty basic. Um, but really so so I also kind of want you to go into that too of like the expectations and what people, we'll first answer that piece. But I also want to talk to you about like how people can set realistic expectations, nutritional expectations and nutritional goals.
1: So a brief synopsis of what we do is essentially we are a we use the principles of flexible dieting. So clients will sign up for the program. And then we give them a certain number of carbs, fats and proteins to eat on various days could be different for different people. Uh, And then from there, uh, we just empower you with the ability to make your own food choices. So you can choose whatever food you'd like in order to meet those goals and each week you're going to check in with your coach and we're going to talk about how the last week went we're going to submit some data we're going to analyze that data and make any adjustments for you if necessary the that part's not rocket science. i mean i can guarantee you if you are being precise with your with your macronutrient intake and you're hitting your carbs within five grams and you're hitting your fat within two grams like you're going to see some type of progress like it's just that is that is just like the science of it. It's just it, you're you. At a certain time, you're going to see some progress. If there isn't any progress, there's there's, and you're being that precise. There's other factors that are at play. Like I can probably ninety percent of the time. There's ten percent of the time where there's maybe a medical issue going on or hormonal issues, and then we need some other experts to come in. Most people would fall into the majority, which is that ninety percent of people. What was the other part of that? The expectations mm-hmm. of. So yes, I, just yeah. like
2: how to set realistic expectations and like, I guess kind of how you personally have evolved that and, and how you coach people to, you know, try to, to set, set, the up, set the themselves up for success by having realistic expectations. Right.
0: Because, and just to, just to clarify further is that my guess too, is, Adi is like, as you started, it was pretty basic, you know, here's what you do. Here's how you follow the program. But as it has grown so significantly to mm-hmm. there's more emotions and there's more things coming at you. And so, So I guess you've had to adjust with that as well, of how you address people seeing all the the photos. At at first, maybe you didn't have as many before and after photos. So now (laughs) people have like, you have so many before and after photos that people are like, well, I want to look like that person. And you can't pick and choose which before and after photo you look like mm-hmm. because you're not that person. So I think that's kind of what I wanted to, to see how you change that conversation.
1: Yeah, I didn't I'll be completely honest. This is like an ongoing learning for me for sure. Um, I first am an entrepreneur by accident, like this was not my intention to create a company that turned into what it has turned into. So the whole thing has been I learn every single day something new. And I'm excited every single day to see like what we can improve. Um, the expect the I've realized this week in particular that uh, the longer we are in business and the more success that we um uh, like achieve so we have we have i think like 350 testimonials on our website and that's people that have like been willingly just volunteered to give their 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 progress to us.
2: And um, how many members do you currently have? Because I know when we talked to you in
1: January, you had about 1,500. Yeah, so right now, we float um, around 2,000 members. Okay. But it depends on the day. And it's, like, the holidays right now, so we have a lot of people just, like, went on hold for the holidays. So, which is, like, awesome. And we have a, a holiday guide that they can all, um has a bunch of strategies, too, for how to deal with that kind of thing. But, um, the, yeah, the, the more success we put out there, and the program really does work. Like, I truly believe in what we're doing, and And it really is working for hundreds of people and the the higher the expectations are the people what we were able to get away with a year ago we can't get away with anymore like Mm -hmm. we we can't we have to provide a better service like we have to constantly be upping our game I think as a leader to this community I've always been putting an emphasis on being better and I've I've welcomed the challenge of those expectations, and sometimes to my detriment, we <laughs> can't meet meet those expectations, but the, the, the the personal growth aspect is so important to me, so I've constantly played around with like how do we how do we make this more personal? How do we deal with the aspects of nutrition that I feel are really important? Like I don't think counting your macros is the most important part of um, a nutrition program. I don't. I really don't believe that that's where you're going to get the long term sustainable progress. That's not where like the the transformation is happening. Um, I really believe the transformation. And maybe it's just from my personal experience and the and the people that that have expressed their experience to me, but the the transformations that mean the most to me are the ones of the people saying like you know I have my dream body now and that's like a mindset more than it is the number on the scale or we have like a, an interview on our website of this woman who's a silk dancer and she just like embracing love for her body and it's just that type of transformation is what um, I love but it comes at a cost because then it comes with this expectation like we're, we're going to change your life mm-hmm. when in reality you're going to change your life like we're not going to change your life. We're just going to be there to support you and provide a judgment-free, safe environment for you to succeed. And then like some people don't love that at the same time. Like it's all online. So some people yeah. don't love the hand-holding and the cheerleading and some people want tough love and then some people don't want tough love. So it's when you like give them tough love, yeah. it's like so hard. It's well, it's so like
0: hard. It's, I almost like I'm a therapist by day and I almost see that too. Like when I see patients, some patients want you to push them. Some patients don't want you to push them. So It's like you can't be everything to everyone. And so that's like a really important piece, too. But I just want to say one quick thing as well is when I first um, when I first started noticing changes in my body and I was texting you, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I've never really been able to stick with something. But now that I've been able to see um, the benefit and the purpose behind it, that's that's how I can stay with it. And I remember you asking me, you're like, because I would send you photos and you're like. That's great, but how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel great. You know, it's like instead of (laughs) how do you look, you're like, that's great. I'm so happy that that is a piece of it. And... I'm more importantly, I'm so happy that you're happy. And so that was something that I, I just really, really am grateful for.
2: And then one thing I kind of wanted to, to, you know, continue down that same path is based on something you posted, I think maybe this one, it was on Instagram, definitely on Facebook uh, a couple of weeks ago about self esteem as a basic need. Mm-hmm. And you posted a, a quote from a book that you're reading that I absolutely love that basically talked about, um, you know, it's it, it's an essential part of taking care of yourself is having that strong self esteem. And so, you know, maybe it's not a life and death need the way that or life, Or death, I guess, (laughs) need the way that food and water is. But that if you don't care about yourself, then, you know, that is really about as basic as it gets when it comes to being healthy and making choices for the longevity of your life and making choices that, you know, lead to your ultimate happiness and ultimately, you know, having a fulfilling life.
1: And that book is, it's called The Six Pillars of mm Self-Esteem. It is so good. Like, it's so true. The self-esteem is not a basic need in terms of, like, you won't die without it. Like, you're Still going to be able to function. But the way he describes it is um, self esteem is a need in terms of like calcium is a need. Mm, And mm -hmm. certain areas of the world don't have access to as much calcium in their food or like their food is not rich in calcium as much as it should be so they'll have some deficiencies because of that whether it's like stunted growth or or other other birth defects or whatever yeah self-esteem is the exact same way
2: and I love that and I think you know for some people it can be life and death if you're looking at like a you know even to take it as far as an eating disorder or suicide or that type of thing but it's just crazy to think you know somebody I I don't know I just feel like self-esteem in a way has created I don't want to say it's like a dirty word but it kind of comes with so many connotations of like having high self-esteem means that you have this big ego or means that, you know, you just are like just so thrilled with yourself and you're posting selfies every single day and (laughs) to kind of, you know, take it from a step back of like, no, you just – it's important just to love yourself and you know regardless of where
1: you're at yeah self-esteem is a really tough one I mean we this is like it's um the book is amazing it's a really good book and there's another book called the big leap that talks about something similar and it's without self like a lot of people just self-esteem is like one of the hardest things to have because you have to be willing to be successful and to accept like abundance and love and, and know that you deserve it and that's like a really hard thing. Most people that I've met and I've met like a lot of the most successful people on the planet, like including the CEO of Whole Foods and and like the billionaires. And all of them talk about this like moment when you're becoming successful where you feel like guilty and you self-sabotage yourself because you you feel like this shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to be this happy or like you you and that's all coming from like a this weird relationship with your own self-esteem
2: yeah i love that and i think that it's it is huge and like one of the big blockers really can be like not almost in a way subconsciously not wanting to be successful or or being afraid of what that will mean for your life and have you run into that at all as the ceo of a very quickly growing company
1: oh my gosh so much I think it's actually <laughs> shocker <laughs> like most days I'm pretty terrified like I especially because I didn't intend for this to be this way and and anyone who like is close to me has heard me say I'll, I'll back it up like way back when I, was, when I was a kid my mom used to like I was desperate for her approval. So I would say, Oh, I want I want to, like, cut my hair or something. And she would say, No, like, you're not allowed to cut your hair. So then I would I would start screaming. And then she would say, Okay, do whatever you want. And then I would start crying, like, No, I don't want to do whatever I want. <laughs> and I just like wanted her to tell me what to do. Totally. And then the rest of my life, I used to say, like, I don't want to be my own boss, I want someone else to have the responsibility. I used to say stuff like that. Like, I just want to be able to go home at the end of the day and like not think about work and it's not my responsibility and it's not my liability and I totally didn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you did the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because this is all online, and because we we have reached such a large audience, and we've affected so many people's lives, it's just I don't I don't want to let people down, and I want to continuously improve. And the more you put yourself out there, the the risk the riskier it is. Like it's risky. It's it's scary for sure. And it's there's moments where I'm like, am I or if I have a day where I'm not work, I don't have that much work to do, I feel guilty. Like my coaches are still answering emails all day today. Like, is that, is it okay that I'm not really doing anything today? Is that like that guilt or, and fear as well, like that I'm going to disappoint people or we're not going to give the best service possible.
2: Well, and I think like whenever I kind of run into that, I always have to kind of ask myself like, okay, so, you know, if I'm nervous about this happening, like what, what is it that I'm worried about? So I guess in the same vein, I would ask you like, you know, if you... You know, when you have those self doubts, like, or when you have those doubts about, am I the person to be in this position? You know, this is not where I wanted to be. Like, what are the specific things? Is there something specific you worry about? Or is it just sort of like that you, as a person, you never really thought that this would, this is where you'd be in life? And so it's just still sort of this, like, what even are your expectations?
1: I think it's that I didn't, I didn't, part of it's that I didn't intend to be here and I didn't think this was going to happen. And, and a lot of days I'm like, not sure what the next move is. Like, I don't know where. Anybody who tells you they know, what they're doing I think they're all lying like yes. you just don't nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing like i and i and I'm responsible for right now we have 13 coaches and I'm responsible for their livelihood and yeah. some days I'm like oh gosh like I don't even know what I'm doing like I want to make this better I'm not exactly sure how I don't know like what if I make a mistake or what if I what if it and it's, it's more about like what if this all is turns into this big failure and then I've let them down or I've let the clients down and I I just don't want that to happen but I try and avoid getting into those thoughts I more yeah try and say that say the words to myself out loud like we're doing amazing things we've changed hundreds of people's lives I mean the the amount of love and appreciation I have from the community is it makes me cry sometimes <laughs> honestly
0: yeah <laughs> you have an amazing uh, group of people especially in our in our private group and the I do know that you receive, I'm sure you get that piece of people either complaining or saying this isn't enough or what have you. So how do you flip that around and say, okay, this is a opportunity for growth. I know I know anytime you because I see you in the group. And when when mm-hmm. you respond, you always take such good care of taking time to respond instead of reacting.
1: Yeah, it is my husband taught me that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like in the specifics like this. So I, I'm sure both of you know, I know both of you know. So a couple days ago, we had um, some negative our first in two years, like really strong negative feedback in our private Facebook group. and uh, yeah, And it
0: was pretty it was pretty blatant like they just kind of went guns blazing
1: right and we had so the weird thing about a lot of this is that one we didn't we we couldn't have possibly known that that was happening if someone didn't say something like if you go behind the scenes and you look at the interactions and the communications like you would never have known that this person was feeling that way mm-hmm. right they weren't like, like
2: I, in a kind of consistent like dialogue with their coach about feeling that way
1: right exactly like we would never have known so it happened it happened like as i was walking into this So I was like, okay, I need to just make sure that none of my coaches delete it. Like no one yeah. deletes it. No one deletes anyone from the group because we try and keep the group only active members. So people were commenting that we're no longer active. So make sure no one gets deleted. The, the, I want the post to stay up there. And like I want the feedback. I want to hear it because if we don't hear it, we're never going to be able to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I someone once told me when I first started in business that they get excited when things fail And I took that seriously, like everything you do is going to break at some point, like the way we operate with five coaches is very different than the way we operate with 13. And there's, there's just moments where we have to realize that there needs to be some, some type of adaptation. And so I just left it up there. And I knew I was going to read through it all, you know, just have an open mind and understand and try and put myself in their shoes. And a lot of the points that they were making were valid. And I've learned for my husband specifically, the the best thing you can do is just take accountability for your part in any type of confrontation or conflict or um, failure because you do have something to be accountable regardless of what you think. Like that's in marriage too. Like any Mm -hmm. fight we get into, it doesn't matter if I feel like I've done nothing wrong. Like there's definitely something I've done wrong, whether it's the way I've approached the situation, the tone of my voice or the words I've used or the timing. Um, There's something there that I can be accountable for as well. And that's the most important thing. Like I want people to know that I take this job so seriously. And right, you're not just like leaning
2: back in your armchair, you know,
1: watching your bank account. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like money is such a strange thing. Also, like, this has nothing to do with that. If, if, if I wanted to just make money, this is not the business I would choose. Like if people if anyone listening wants to make a lot of money don't choose nutrition because it's very vulnerable and very emotional and if you're not invested in it because you're it pulls you up in the morning and it's what you're thinking about when you go to sleep at night it's not worth it like choose something else
0: (laughs) yeah so I feel like the that piece too of I I was thinking before we were going to talk today I'm like you're running a business too of something that is like you just said such an emotionally charged thing Mm -hmm. I mean people is is not just like oh I don't know you're just selling cars which is great but like you are dealing with something where I I'm gonna bet and Claire and I have touched upon this um recently in a different podcast of like people these days can kind of say flippantly that they have issues with food and that everyone kind of emerges saying well I used to have issues with food I'm like I'm gonna call BS on that that I feel like Everyone has issues with food. Yeah, yeah. So if we can just start the conversation with that as a baseline, and know that like no matter what, people probably like, wouldn't be coming to you if they didn't have issues. Right. No with food. one's
2: coming into this with a blank slate because otherwise they wouldn't be coming into this.
1: Right. Everybody wants to make some type of transformation, which means that there's something that you want to improve. So you have right. something something that you're dealing with. And then the the hardest part about all of this is that we we can only be responsible for so much. And then the client themselves has to be committed and take accountability and they have to do the work. And we've never, ever said this was easy. Like I've been specific and clear. This is a really hard program to follow, but that's why if you follow it, it actually works because it's not the easy way and it's not easy. It's really not easy. You'll learn a lot from it, but it's not easy and it requires a commitment from the client as well and then in nutrition it's like the easiest thing in the world to blame external sources for lack of progress totally. which is hard is very hard and I think
2: too like you know for anybody who's listening thinking like okay we get it county macros is not that you know it's not straightforward or you know isn't as easy as it sounds but this really applies to anything you're trying to do it's like no matter what anything that you're trying to do in your life that is you're trying to enact real lasting change it's going to be really freaking hard like there it is really really hard to turn the ship that is your life and you can't and I think you know that's once again why we wanted to bring you back on the show to kind of talk about like what are those other factors and what you can't it's not just your diet it's not or it's not just your lifting program or it's not just you know your new running shoes or whatever it is like there is no silver bullet every single part of your life has to shift if if one part of your life is going to shift meaningfully it's going to take every other part of your life with it
0: absolutely for sure and that's something that that was kind of my aha moment where i was like oh my god i've been projecting a lot of i, I again i don't want to use the word negativity but for lack of a better word of like frustration let's use that's a little bit lighter it's like i was just frustrated like but where is this coming from like oh this is me like not really dealing with my stuff and so i feel like that is a big piece as well that people need to realize if you're out there listening and doing a program like this or doing anything in life that anything you have a negative or frustrating or you can't find progress or see progress no matter what it is it's like what is going on with you that is creating that like we get in our own way all the time and guess what all the time we don't like to look at our own shit i don't care (laughs) who you are but it's no one's walking around with like this big like I want to be vulnerable and I want to change and I want to be the better person. It's except like except for Brittany no, Brown. It's except for Brittany.
1: <laughs> I'm sure she would say she that would. She not. <laughs> yeah, she
0: would say the exact opposite. Um, yeah, she would be like, oh, I'm I'm in the the arena with mud yeah. getting thrown at me. But um, but yeah, I just feel like that's such that's the more important conversation that is something that people need to realize is like okay, great, it's wonderful you're taking these steps um, to better health. And please expect that stuff is going to come up. Like shit yeah. may hit the fan. Well,
2: and I know, like, I don't know how deep you want to go into this story, but like, even you know, going to the other side of the spectrum of like having really positive results, and then all of a sudden having that bring up other stuff. Of like, I know you got really, really lean, and that started to bring up its own kind of set of issues. Of like, one thing that you know Joy went through was that she got a lot leaner than I think she was, you know, necessarily thought she was going to in the first place. I didn't and, even
0: know what to expect. Really. Right. That okay. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. It
2: was just like, but all of a sudden you were realizing like people were coming up to you in the store, or you know, you're th- you're close. Are fitting differently and you know when on the one hand it was like oh my gosh this is so cool I feel great and I you know yeah. my body is different than I ever thought it could be and and but then that brought ended up bringing up sort of like this whole other... Yeah. All of a sudden it was like, now there are these other things in your life where it's like, crap, this is not standalone. Like my body is not standalone. As right.
0: Like, that was like the weird thing too of like my whole life. I I mean, my whole life I've been like fairly athletic looking and everyone's always like, you know, commented on my shoulders and whatever. So I was used to that, but I wasn't used to... I mean, everyone was all of a sudden like, what are you doing? What are you doing? How can, you know, how can I be like that? And I was like, uh It was just bizarre, but that... um. Because I've never, uh, I don't know how to put this, like, I've, I've, I've always considered myself like the athletic girl, not like the totally ripped girl, totally ripped girl. Yeah. And so so that was something where it was like, that's a, like a perfect example of like how that stuff came up for me where I was like, oh, I need to deal with this because it wasn't a bad thing. But it kind of turned into I need to hold that stuff. I need to hold that steady I need I can't deviate from this and that turned into like a rigid way of thinking
2: yeah now all, all of a sudden like, it was like that was who you were yeah
0: because yeah. all of a sudden it was like well oh gosh now I'm gonna let I'm gonna let like people at the gym down if I like don't hold that torch you know what I mean oh, joy I, I know it's so stupid
1: <laughs> have like, you I am I am the girl with the abs like that is how, who I've been for like six years oh my gosh of, like, this girl who has like these first of all I've been blessed with great ab genetics for those out there (laughs) I know we always talk to
2: Julie Bauer about that she's like everyone always asks me how do I get abs like uh I have abs uh, like you know I could weigh 30 more pounds and I probably would still have abs like versus like there are other people where it's like you could have six percent body fat and you probably still wouldn't have abs
1: exactly it's like a lot of it definitely has to do with um genetics and um, I stopped competing th- well when I maintained a weight class in the 63 kilo class like no matter what at 63 kilos I'm going to be exceptionally lean yeah. so it was super easy for me to just be that way all the time and then this past May I decided I was going to stop competing and since then I'm actually going to make a post like today or tomorrow I have a comparison photo of me from then and me from now and I'm 14 pounds heavier than I was in May currently but yes. I-, I like look kind of the same like I think I mean my husband loves it. He's all about me being a little bit heavier. so that <laughs> helps for sure? But it was a struggle. It was like it was like I would go to I went to Lake Powell with my friends and one of them being like Brooke Entz, who's like the leanest person right on who the planet. Is like I've like ever
2: a, met. she's like a clay sculpture <laughs> of muscle. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and and her husband is like media CrossFit HQ media taking pictures and videos of us all the time. And I like had this moment of like oh my gosh like I don't want to be in a photo. But then I I had to, like, take a step back and be like, what? I don't want to be in a photo? Like, why? With my best
2: friends on the best vacation ever.
1: Right. Yeah. And, like, I look awesome. And there's no reason for me to have this, like, attachment to being, like, a certain level of leanness especially Mm -hmm. when it's not aligning with it's that it's aligning your expectation of like what your goals are going to be with what you're the work that you're actually willing to put in and i'm not willing to do the work that is required to maintain that physique because it takes away from all the other aspects of my life that i that I want I don't need to maintain a weight class anymore so I can eat a little bit more and be a little bit more flexible and not have to maintain that body anymore and if I let some people down because of that then I mean I that probably has more to do with you than it does have to do with me
0: I'm so glad you brought that up I'm so glad you <laughs> said that too because I was just like that was a new title that's a horrible thing to say I was like that was my title in my head I was like oh gosh like that's kind of I have the to lean hold girl. that I have to hold the line and it it, that's just not that was not sustainable for me. It's like what you said. Like, can you talk a little bit more about what? Because I think a lot of people think that I, I don't know what the expectation is. Like, what if someone comes to you and is like, "I want to look like Brooke Ents? and you're like, "Uh, uh." Right. <laughs> I mean, well, can, yeah. can we all just have the conversation that like that's not long term sustainable unless you're like a unless games you athlete. are
2: literally Brooke Ents. Well, and and also I think like this can this. Definitely applies to a lot of different types of expectations because even outside of abs, like I've dealt with this having come back from pregnancy of like, I used to be 121 pounds end of story period. Like I was, you know, five foot three, 121 pounds. Like I couldn't really put on weight. Couldn't really lose weight. I had the, you know, the same body type since I was like a senior in high school. And then all of a sudden I, you know, at the, when I had miles, I weighed almost 170 pounds and like, I'm still at, you know, maybe 145. And my identity has felt totally different this last year of like, I'm not this petite little thing anymore. Like I was the petite girl. I was like, you know, the, the like little feisty girl. And now it's like, okay, not to say that I'm, you know, that five, three and 145 pounds is big by any means, but it's much bigger than I was. And I think that goes with anything. It's like, maybe you're the girl with the long hair and now you don't want to cut your hair. Or maybe you're, you know, even, even if it's like, Hey, maybe you're so-and-so's wife, but you want to leave your marriage, you know, whatever it is labeling yourself like that. It just sets you up for just like, I don't know, so much pressure of like, well everyone else expects this from me but I think also it like sets you up sets you up for this huge thing of like identifying solely with your physical body is such a mind fuck for lack of a better word because it's like that st- it's so unintang like in a way it's like the most tangible but also least tangible thing about you because it could change in two seconds I mean not you know not to take us even down a further rabbit hole but joy and I right before this podcast we we're just talking about this guy that I went to high school with who like was this incredible super athlete and was pinned between two cars and lost both his legs in an instant after like coming home from putting on a 10k and like you know, he's still, I mean, continues to be an athletic, you know, really athletic guy. You know, the day before he posted a selfie of himself like in the squat rack type of thing. You know, it's like these titles that we have in our minds that are based on how we look. It just seems like how you have there's so much about you how is that the thing you pick for your identity like why is that a thing you pick for your identity
1: it's it's a weird thing if you pick like how your body looks as part of your identity it's centered in like validation from other people instead of validation from yourself and that's like a really hard thing like you know I know that if I post a selfie of me with abs in, like I'm super lean I'm gonna get validation from a large part of the community no. I know that like from history has proven that I'm that's gonna happen for me and it is you're so right it's a shift of like changing I started literally saying out loud to myself in the mirror every single morning three things I loved about myself that had nothing to do with my body just that I'm a really good person I act with good intentions all the time and I'm extremely loyal and, like, things like that. Or if I have a meeting with my coaches, I'll end our meetings with, tell me two things that you love about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's this weird, I mean, the whole thing about, like, is it sustainable to look like Brooke Entz long-term? If Brooke Entz continues to train, I mean, it's not sustainable for her to look that way long-term. No. She's going to reach a point where she's no longer a games athlete, where she wants to have a baby with, with her Marcin, and they want to, um, her routine changes, and that people forget that the way her body looks is so, tied to all those aspects of your life whether it's stress um, well, and,
2: and even if she continued to train that way never got injured never had a baby continued her diet as she gets older it just mm-hmm. in, you know even if her lifestyle maintained the exact thing that it
1: is like your body just isn't is naturally changing all the time yeah definitely her yeah. hormones are going to start changing right. her like it's just it's just your body is going to change over time and I think it would be really cool in the world to change everyone's mindset from trying to hold on to something, to embracing the change that happens all the time, like thinking it's thinking it's awesome, which I've I've struggled with. How it's funny that Joy, you talk about like being the lean girl. I've struggled with how I'm going to like talk about what I've been dealing with what the changes because i do embrace the changes that have happened in my body in my life and i love my body i mean like i have like two cup sizes bigger that's like a cool (laughs) thing you know um i have like a little bit like i have more like feminine curves um and i love like the changes in my body i loved myself before too but i don't want to like say that and then like that give other people an excuse to be like oh well if a D's not being like super disciplined and and maintaining this super lean physique, then I don't need to either. It's like a it's like a strange thing. Yeah, it's a total double edged sword, especially just being in the position you're at.
2: Yeah. But I think it's hard too, like how do you how do you like tell that story to yourself without allowing any room for people to project on you and it's so hard to be it you know especially like we deal with with the podcast you deal with this with wag you know like if you are seated at the head of a community in any way people are going to project their shit on you And one mm-hmm. and you know whether it's literal like like negative shit or just shit like their stuff like people are going to like project their journeys onto your journey but yeah. how cool would it be if like you, you know your identity was like instead of the girl with abs like i'm the really loyal girl
1: you know like that yeah it would be that's i try like, Like, my Instagram is no longer, like, workout videos of me or workout pictures of me. It's more, like, things that resonate with me in an inspiring Mm -hmm. kind of way. Yeah. Which is funny, because I've actually lost followers, but that's cool, too. Oh, really? That's
0: interesting. (laughs) Well, it's really... I mean, I just... I I just love you so much. I'm, like, listening to you talk. I'm like, ah, I love you so much. Um, I just, like, the... I've seen you too post more about the things you're doing for self-care and and drawing and um, creating your art pieces, and that to me. I can see it's almost like a yoga teacher who, you know, when you're doing a yoga class, you can tell where they, where they are in life as the lessons that they teach you during the class is like the same thing. You're like, I'm kind of like the yogi of this, uh, um, of all these followers is that I can see where you're at in life. And that inspires me too, because it's not just about the abs. It's not just about the diet. I thank you for that. And I think it's just a, such a cool thing that you really stick to that because I, I feel like that is the larger piece of the pie. And that the diet and the program, uh, as far as the macro numbers, is a smaller piece. The other thing I wanted to say about that too, and to touch upon it, is going back to the piece about you—you felt like you don't want to post pictures, or you're, you're you're struggling with how to present because then people may come back at you with criticism. But I also want so on that same vein, you have to kind of how do you toe the line with giving people their macros and saying okay stick to this but it's not a black and white thing how do, how do they find that middle ground how
2: you, can you say like there are black and white expectations for this program however don't have black and
0: white expectations for yourself
2: it's hard it's yeah. super hard it's because, like, because a, the it's idea a, is to
0: teach people right at the beginning to teach people and you kind of want to and I think I heard you talk about this at, on another show of like you do want people to be very fairly strict at the beginning because people are a lot of people are so unaware. Aware mm-hmm. of portion mm-hmm. size of what macros are, even so, I think maybe and- that's the that's the piece of like uh, that may get confused by people that they're like, well, I have to be strict the whole in order to see results long term forever and ever. I have to stay this strict, and I don't think that's really what you're going for. Or correct me if I'm well, wrong. Not
1: at all. We have a, we have a blog post that we made recently called our it's titled our macros forever.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> and, saw that.
1: It's like. The first 12 weeks, I really do think it's important to be super strict. Like, I think it's important to take 12 weeks of your life. I think it will be life-changing in so many ways. If you never track macros ever again, you're still going to learn a tremendous amount from it, but it's 12 weeks of your life to... Let the people that support you, the people that are around you, be like, hey, for the next three months, I'm going to weigh and measure every single thing I eat. And I'm going to do this as an educational opportunity. I'm going to do the uncomfortable and like bring a scale to a restaurant if that's what I need to do or miss out on some events that are going to make it a little bit more difficult or do that just for the awareness and the understanding of like, what are you actually eating? Like what is in our food? What we talk about, like, like all these diets that are like low carb, but people forget what what is a carb? Like, do you know what a carb is or do you know what it, how it makes you feel? Or do you know its effect on your body weight? It's not just like this, there's no like basic rules and tracking your macros gives you this huge education and awareness of what is your food? What does a serving size look like? What, what foods absolutely are just never going to work for you? What's going to make you feel really awesome? Um, and I think that that is like an awesome thing to do. If you can't be hundred percent tw- strict for 12 weeks, like that's cool too. The <laughs> but I think our, our, we talk a lot about telling the client, like, if you're not going to be hundred percent, you, you might not have like the fastest, most optimal progress. Um, and we just have to like adjust the expectations a little bit. It might be a little bit slower. Um, it might not be the same as all of those like incredible transformations that you've seen online, which some of them, I mean, some of them weren't super strict and were awesome.
2: Yeah. Like I know, I think the last time we talked, we talked about Chris Bossom, who was the manager at Crest Elevation, you know, and I think just became one of your, coaches mm-hmm. he it took him like two or three years to you know kind of get through and go at his own pace but at the same time I think it, it can be very overwhelming to hear like you have to hit these numbers but it's like listen this is a couple months of your life and I think you know once again way back to the fact that I think this applies to anything in your life that if you're trying to really change something about your daily life it, you kind of need to dive in head first at, at, at the beginning and then. You know, after a couple of weeks or whatever it is, kind of take a step back and say, okay, I really gave this my all. Does this have a place in my day-to-day life? And if so, then you know, great. I'm going to take what I learned and keep moving on. Whether that's a lifting program or CrossFit. Like when I first started CrossFit, even I started my first little blog it was 90 days of CrossFit. I was like, I'm going to commit to this for 90 days. And if I love it, great. And if not, then okay, I take that information, I move on and find the next thing. And I think that it can be so hard for people to think like, well, and I know you know, Joy and I both kind of struggle with this of like, well, if I have to be this strict, like, what does that mean for the rest of my life? Life. and yeah you know, kind of moving forward from that so I guess you know I know that you talked a little bit about that kind of in our first episode of like you don't you know you don't weigh and measure anymore and I don't want to once again go back down the rabbit hole of like daily daily tracking but how has kind of evolving that day-to-day aspect of your life benefited I mean I guess it's just all so tied together with like okay I love myself and therefore I'm going to you know eat a little bit more protein and and not eat you know I'm only gonna have two Christmas cookies instead of six because I know that that's what makes me feel the best because I actually care for myself versus is because I need to hit my numbers, right? Like, I, yeah, that's where the shift needs to be.
1: Yeah, this is it. This is an education on what works for you and what doesn't, and what makes you feel awesome and what doesn't, and taking that. Like you said, and saying, you know, two cookies, it's not about like hitting your carb numbers or staying under your fat. It's about just choices and what is the better choice for me and for my health and for my like emotional well-being as well as maintaining a healthy body weight and body image.
0: I want to wrap up with a few questions because we're running out of time. But I do want to talk a little bit more about I think it's so important what you said to about the expectations you put on yourself of being the leader of this group that. How do you get through those mind screws of, well, I don't want to post pictures of myself because I don't want people to be critical and or I'm in a different, you know, mindset and my body looks different than it did when I was, you know, competing. How do you practically, you know, in actual steps in your mind, um, aside from saying positive things about yourself every morning, is there anything else that you do that really keeps you balanced in that aspect?
1: Yes, I have many, many, many conversations with people that I know have only my best intentions at heart and will be brutally honest with me. Like something that I love and hate about my husband is that he is 100% authentic and honest with me, even when I don't want him to be. Um, he's not going to just like tell me what I... He knows I want to hear. He's gonna tell me what he actually believes is the truth. With a layer of kindness, of course, he's not gonna he doesn't want to hurt my feelings, but I will have <laughs> open and uh, honest conversations about how I'm feeling. and those are incredibly difficult conversations to have. Like I remember calling Brookend and being like, hey, I'm, like, losing some followers on Instagram. and This is kind of, like, hurting my feelings. Like, why is it even hurting my feelings? Like, what a lame thing to even say out loud. The fact that it feels so hard to say out loud is why I'll just push through that discomfort and I have conversations with people and, and just hear their opinions and how they feel about it and just seek support from people that I know love me.
0: I love that. And I also think that that's going to make your business continue to thrive because of that. I recently read a book that I shared with you, the Love Warrior book, and I think (laughs) you just got it. But I I read that when I was in Hawaii and it just blew me away because really what it comes down to this is not rocket science either, but it just comes down to being so brutally honest, and that is what draws people to you. And so, yes, you may have lost followers because you weren't project, you know, putting out. Because this- your
2: boobs got bigger. Yeah. You're- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your boobs got bigger and you know you you didn't have I don't know whatever it may be um, that they were looking for you're being honest and that is to me Claire and I talk about that a lot of like we're not gonna sugarcoat things we're not gonna yeah, you know, like try if- to pretend to be like you know perfect human specimens and like,
2: if we can contribute nothing else, we want it to at least be honest. Yeah. And we want to at least be like, this shit is hard. And like, it's hard to... to life is
0: meant to be hard. Life is
2: meant to be hard. But like, it's hard to go through these things and come out the other side of any sort of personal development. You know, it's really hard to change who you are. It's scary and it's uncomfortable and... And
0: we don't want to admit that we're weak and or that we have flaws.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, like, I always used to say this about like meditation and therapy, which I still sort of feel that way. But it's like, why don't you meditate? Like, well, I don't need to know what's in there.
0: there the stuff that's in my
2: subconscious is hiding there for a reason and I don't want to know what it is <laughs> you know, like, oh I think yeah. <laughs> that you know just like really can like it's, you know, without people having that conscious thought, like, that can be what's scary about sort of taking a leap to
1: better yourself. It's like, well, what if
2: the person who I really am is different than who I think they're going to be?
1: It is terrifying. Someone explained it to me, like, everyone has, like, a hiding place in their life. Like, you have one, you have these areas in your life in which you excel, and then those are the ones that you spend the most time in. Those are the rooms in your house where you spend the most time. But everyone has, like, the room in their house that they hide and they don't let anyone see. And it's like whether it's your nutrition or it's exercise or, like, work or relationships or friendships or whatever it is, and you hide in that room and you, like, don't let anyone see it because that's your weakness. But, like, letting people, I mean, Brene Brown would say, like, that those weaknesses cannot survive without secrecy, silence, and judgment. And I just try and say things out loud as often as possible mm-hmm. to other people, so that sometimes when you say something out loud that you're thinking in your head, you're like, "Wow, that's dumb." Like, yeah, I, totally. You're like, like
2: "Yeah, really? I think we I'm can like all an agree. intelligent,
1: mature person." Is that really how I feel? Like, yeah. that's
0: ridiculous. Well, I think we can all agree. We talk about this a lot too, and I'll text Claire every once in a while. We have like a little you know texting group every once in a while will, will say oh my gosh I just need to say this like I'm I know I'm being so ridiculous but this is what's going on with me right now um and yeah. whether you say that to your best friends or therapist or someone like I feel like it does need it needs it needs, it needs to breathe like it you totally, need to let yes. it out
1: <laughs> yeah it's like that weird story. Everyone has these, like, stories that you tell yourself in your head, and it's like this movie that's playing that you've totally invented. Like, it's not yes. real. It's just you've just totally created this, this story in your head, and you've let it, and without let, saying it out loud, you're letting it grow and and escalate and it can start to feel real when it's not real. And then the second you say it out loud, anyone I talk to is like, you know, that's just not true. Like that's just not true. Like people don't care if you have abs or you don't. Like it's not true.
0: Like, is it a fact or a feeling? That's one of my favorite sayings as well. Is it a fact or is it a feeling? Right. Um, and, and just also going back to the piece of businesses, I, I think we I listened to the same show. I know who you're talking about, but I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the businessman who said, I don't want things to go good, to go well all the time. I want them to fail. And that he seeks failure every day because that is what gives feedback Um, And that's how you continue to grow. So I feel like just that as we're talking about it and noticing in my life, and I know we can all agree is like, it's hard sometimes to be like, Oh, gosh, failure feels bad. And we're in a society that, you know, failure feels really bad. It's just funny to me, as we're talking about it. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I can say that all day long. But it still feels bad. The awareness piece, I feel like I hope if anything that we've a lot we've talked about a lot today, some really amazing conversations, but also that I hope that everyone listening can start to look at failure as such a good teacher even though it feels bad it's not going to stop feeling bad like we're not going to run around and be like everybody let's fail this is amazing
2: well but also i think like the failure thing goes back to directly what you just said is that if is it a factor is it a feeling like do you feel like you failed do other people in your life really look at the experience you just have and see it as a failure or is it just you is everyone else looking at you being like wow she tried so hard or like wow you know look at all the work she put into this versus like wow look how hard she fell on her ass like i think very rarely does anybody else see the things that you go through as critically as you see them for yourself
1: yeah Failure is a really hard thing, but it's like I constantly tell myself that it's exciting. It's like I treat my life and my behavior as I constantly act with good intentions and I'm making every single decision I make is with the best intentions and it is the best decision I could make for the people around me, the people I love and the people that matter to me with all the information that I have available. And then if failure happens, it must be because I there was a piece of information that was missing and I didn't have that piece of information. So I think it's like really exciting because now I've gotten this new piece of information that I didn't have before. And now I can start acting differently with that new information available to me and my it'll adjust my behaviors and my actions and my thoughts. It's like building your base so that you can have a higher pyramid. You need it. I mean, nobody out there that is successful has not failed like hard, like real, real bad (laughs) failures, like way worse than someone being dissatisfied with our macro program way worse like people have taken huge 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 risks like nobody out there that you admire that is succeeding and changing the world right now is not taking these massive massive risks and I have such a profound appreciation for the people that are changed are taking the risks to change the world right now like Elon Musk or um, Peter Diamandis or people that are just like really taking huge huge risks and they could totally fail and they know
2: that but it is so easy though to like look at these other people and think like wow that's so inspirational they're really like being innovative and that's why they're failing and then in your own life it's like but I'm just gonna stay in my little bubble. Well it's really funny (laughs) as you're talking
0: yeah as you're talking I think of Brene Brown too not to keep quoting her but she's amazing. She's the best. And she's like I I hate when people say what what would you do if you couldn't fail? She's like you're gonna fail. And I think Elizabeth Gilbert and her had a podcast together where they talked about this where they're like what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And they're like that's a horrible thing to say. You were absolutely gonna fail like why are we saying that anymore and I just love that as well because it's like that whole embracing change in Britain really a D2 is like that whole piece we talked about earlier of change of like how we deal with change and I think that all ties together so all right we got to wrap up i want to i want you to adi i don't know like kind of off the cuff i know it's like are you gonna
2: do this again joy are you gonna end no, with no, no, a no no i'm not i'm not gonna question? go deep like,
0: adios uh um
2: i always get mad at joy because she's yeah. like all right one more question what's your biggest life goal it's yeah it's like the deepest,
0: <laughs> I, I always ask like the deepest question at the end i promise and then, no one, one more quick to. question
2: is like what's your favorite type of pizza not like so one more quick question no. what's the most intimate thing that happened in your childhood <laughs> <laughs> Like.
0: God. My in my defense, I always feel like I know the person very like I feel like yeah. the conversation has opened up very well by the end that we can go there but I right. I, I don't need to do that It'd with you um, no, I just think too of because I want the focus to be especially for this episode about a holistic approach to change in life, what are some of the top things that you feel people should know with any type of change, whether it be going through your program or just doing any type of change in their life, um, of being better, what are the things that you feel are the most important to remember to stay grounded?
1: Number one is be very careful about who you choose to spend your time with, who your friends are and who um, you take advice from. I think we can, we we get, a lot of people are very loyal and they stay around people that aren't making you better. And they're not, they're maybe they're going through some stuff and they're holding you back. But I, I'm very selective about who I spend my time with. I, I make sure that the people, I'm not afraid for all the people around me to be much smarter than me and much better than me and I hire people smarter than me and better than me so that they can challenge me to be better always know that there's something that you're accountable for like you're accountable for something if something's going wrong in your life if there's something that you're struggling with there's an aspect to that that you need to change it's not always something else or somebody else it it could be but there's also something that you can be doing, whether it's approaching it differently, talking about it, tone of voice, wording, anything. But if you are always taking accountability for your own behavior um, and you voice that, be around really good people that challenge you and be grateful for your life. Because every single person listening to this podcast has a beautiful, beautiful life. You are in like the 10% probably of the population global population and you you get to work out and you get to track your macros and you get to go to work and you get to get in your car and drive and listen to this podcast like you are you have such a beautiful life and you have everything in the world available to you to make that the best life ever and it's your responsibility to use that information and implement it in your own life
0: and just be aware everybody you have a beautiful life (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) (laughs) Love it. <laughs> i feel like we have to have another separate episode at some time uh about marriage and relationships and marriage attacks oh because... my gosh you
1: should have us both on it I love it oh i love it because um
0: his podcast Done. brute force is awesome and i love his show as well so that i mean not only that he's a podcaster so he gets Obviously. it too but he <laughs> that would be so great he, he's got such an awesome story as well oh
1: my gosh yeah. he is like one of the most incredible people i've ever met and I'm not just biased I swear um, <laughs> Maybe but he a would biased. love that <laughs> he uh, would love that we we have a lot of newfound insight into married life isn't
0: we're it sure. funny marriage is such a trip I'll I'll, I'll never forget when people were like because at first I thought like marriage was supposed to be perfect and when people started asking me how marriage was going I'm like it's a trip you guys it's a trip like I'm not gonna lie it is a trip
2: when I first got, I first got married I would text her I'd be like is this normal she'd be like oh yeah totally normal I'm like okay great so
0: that's our next uh, honest yeah. conversation that we all need to have because like I last night when i had to people... text
2: brandon in the bathroom oh. i sent you this
0: yeah. screenshot Claire, go ahead
2: brandon got up from oh, we were watching a movie and he got up to go to the bathroom and like 20 minutes later he was still in the bathroom and i had to text him i was like i'm waiting for you to turn the movie back on get out of the bathroom <laughs> it's like i know you're i your know phone. you're hiding in there <laughs> I know you're on your phone you just liked my instagram
1: picture get out of there. <laughs> oh my gosh oh <sighs> anyway
0: okay Wow, All right, so Adi, where can everyone find you?
1: Everyone can find me on Instagram at Adi Kaju, C-A-Z-A-Y-O-U-X or at Working Against Gravity or uh, on Facebook. Just search my name on Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show again. This was such a great conversation. And listeners can find us at girlsgonwadpodcast.com We're on Instagram, Facebook, all of social media. We are on Snapchat, GGW Podcast. And you can support the podcast by going to the support page on our website, girlsgonwadpodcast.com Remember to sign up for our newsletter as well. Claire and I have been putting that together and having so much fun with it. And we get some like little inside scoop in there so you're missing out if you if you haven't Jips. signed up yet claire where can they sign up just girlsgonewidepodcastcom forward a slash newsletter wonderful if you stay on the line we're gonna sign off and you guys listeners thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next week bye bye, bye guys